Time to go to our personal finance expert, Mary Holm, who joins me now. Hi there, Mary. Hi, Jesse. Nice to talk to you. And you overheard a conversation uh, in the summer which got you thinking about KiwiSaver. Yeah, look, it's just, just heard a young woman um, talking very excitedly about getting into cryptocurrency and and someone asked her if she was in KiwiSaver and she said, oh, yeah, but, you know, that's boring. Um, not going to get rich that way. Mm. And it, it just got me thinking that people... Um, don't I don't fully appreciate KiwiSaver, I think, and don't get the best out of it. You know, there are various things people can be doing. I would venture to suggest that, you know, 90% of the people who are listening to you aren't doing KiwiSaver in the way that's the very best way for them. Wow. So... Yeah, I look up. Where did I get that number from? Nowhere. <laughs> Just to guess. Um, yeah, which is not to say that ninety percent of them aren't in KiwiSaver. In fact, no. quite most Kiwis are. Yeah, yeah. About two thirds of New Zealanders are in KiwiSaver, and what what quite a lot of people are still not realising is that if you're over sixty-five, you can now join. That's been going for a couple of years now, and for over sixty-five. They don't get the money from the government and they don't necessarily get money from their employer, although quite a lot of employers continue to pay it to people over 65. But KiwiSaver can still work really well for for people, whether they're still working or in retirement. Even a 90-year-old who's got their money probably in bank term deposits at that point might find that going into a KiwiSaver cash fund, which is the lowest risk fund, is actually a better deal for them. They, you know, quite likely to get a little bit more return on the money, and um, in other ways, you know, they might get some quite good services from their provider. Can you say that people have got to remember is it's not guaranteed by the government, but it's watched very closely by the Financial Markets Authority. So it's they're pretty darn safe investments. Um, and being in KiwiSaver as opposed for a retired person, as opposed to being in some other kind of managed fund, the fees tend to be lower. Okay. So, so I'm saying, you know, everybody from newborns to to people in their nineties, people over a hundred, um, um, are probably better off being in KiwiSaver one way or another. And the main reason for that is is um, that if you're, an, if you're an employee, your money is roughly doubled by your employer matching. The employer's contributions are tax or after tax, so they so that money's a little bit lower than the money you're putting in. But then on top of that, you get money from the government. So roughly speaking, employees' money is doubled um, by money coming for, in from the government and employers. Um, it's actually more than doubled for low-income people and less than doubled for high-income people, but it's roughly doubled. And that means that where elsewhere they might have saved, say, 200000 they're going to have 400000 I mean, it's huge. Yeah. <laughs> it's different. Twice as much going in there, twice as much coming out. And the people who aren't employees, and, and I'm including here self-employed, but also people who are perhaps um, at home looking after some children or, or in other circumstances. If you can put your 1042 a year in, 
which is $20 a week or 87 a month, then your money is multiplied by one and a half because of the government contribution. So where you would otherwise have retired with 200 you'll be retiring with 300 So, that, you know, that's why KiwiSave is so darn good. And when people say, no, I can do better in elsewhere, in cryptocurrency, look, you might, but it's awfully risky, <laughs> um, terribly up and down. Um, I would never put more than a little of my money in cryptocurrency. In, in shares and bonds, um, no, I was just thinking the other day, uh, most KiwiSaver funds have got um, shares and bonds in them, except for the very low-risk ones. And those shares and bonds are making the same sort of returns they would make outside KiwiSaver, um, which are pretty darn good returns anyway for the risk you take. And, um, but within, they don't know you in KiwiSaver, so they don't, they, don't, they don't think, oh, I don't have to perform so hard. They continue to perform just as well in KiwiSaver, and you've got that extra money coming in from the government and perhaps your employer. So yeah. property is another one. You know, people say, I can do better in property. And in recent years, a lot of people have in, in rental properties. Um, but that won't necessarily continue. It's, it's, you know, prices, house prices could easily stall and they might even fall. Um, so it, it, it just, because generally speaking, Returns on investment are higher. The higher risk you take, the higher return you get on average. And that just sort of goes across the board with all investments. But KiwiSaver comes along and sort of bumps it up for the investments in KiwiSaver. So that's why it's a real pity not to be in it. Great. Um, uh, Mary, I'll just jump in here. On the off yes. chance, um, you're a little bit muffled today. Um, we're oh, catch, we're yes. catching what you're saying, but uh, I just want to make sure that you're giving yourself your best chance and um, you're talking directly into the mouthpiece there and there's nothing in between sure. you and the uh, mouthpiece. Thank you. Um, it's about the same. We'll, we'll work on it for next time. We can live with it uh, for today. Um, yes. It's not, it's not good, is it, this? It'd be, it was much better when I could come into the studio, Jesse, and one day maybe that'll happen. Tell me about it. <laughs> Tell me. I'm getting very lonely in here, Mary. Oh, Jesse. Well, I'd, lo- I'd love to pop in. Um, <laughs> in, in. In a couple of months, maybe that'll happen again. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, so where are we up to? We're, we basically want to make sure that, so having convinced people that KiwiSaver is a good idea for almost everybody, we want to make sure everyone's doing it right, right? Yes, we do. And the first thing people are doing wrong is a lot of them are in, but they're not contributing. Um, and just a couple of quick numbers there. If you're earning 40000 a year, which is low pay, but putting 3% of that in is just $23 a week. So it's not a big amount. Um, and for non-employees, putting 1042 and it's only $20 a week. So people saying they can't afford it, I sort of challenge people on that. I think... A lot of people probably could. Getting beyond that, so assuming you are contributing regularly, um, I've got an article on my website called Getting a KiwiSaver Loss, as in Warrant of Fitness. If you went onto my website, which is maryholm.com, and just do a search on WOF, W-O-F, up will come this, this... list of um, ways to check that you're doing KiwiSaver best. 
Um, but it will help you find out what risk level you're on if you don't know and whether you should change that risk level and how you should change it. It'll help you find, it tells you how to find out if you're paying too much in fees and what to do about that. It'll help you find information on ethical KiwiSaver funds and tell, you, and tell you how to find out how well you're doing if you're saving for a first home or retirement. So there's a whole, I sort of gathered there links to different resources that, and, and I really recommend people go on the website and do that because then this is the kind of thing that doing it once is all you really need to do. You only need to have a vague eye on your KiwiSaver after you've got it set up properly. Um, and it could, it, it could mean you, you retire with one or two hundred thousand more dollars. Yeah. Just get, get your settings right. In fact, arguably, yeah. you'd be better not to watch it or check on it at all <laughs> once well, you've got it set right. up. Yeah. Yeah, once you've got it right. You've got to get it right this is one, one step. And look, it only takes, it's all quite interesting stuff, and it only takes maybe 15 minutes to have a look mm. through, see what applies to you. And then, you know, you set it up the proper way, and you're good for decades until you start approaching retirement and, or, or buying a first home, and you might want to reduce your risk a bit at that point. But apart from that, you know, you get it done, and it's all good. Okay, so that's maryholm.com and getting a KiwiSaver waff. Look it up and, and spend 10 minutes, and that's a that's a real sort of um, all-in-one test for anyone to, to make sure that they're on the right track with their KiwiSaver. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, default funds are now very attractive. You and I talked about this late last year because from December there were some new providers um, in, in the default funds, but they're, they're now... Um, balanced funds instead of conservative funds, so then middle risk funds. And I'm recommending them for people if they're really not sure what sort of funds they should be in, because they're now middle level risk, they've got low fees. The government has forced the default funds to charge really quite low fees. Um, And the providers have been told they have to give people guidance at what they're calling life milestones, like um, after you've done a first home withdrawal or as you're approaching retirement or if you've had 18 months of not contributing or if the markets start wobbling around. In all of those situations, if you're in a default fund, your provider has got to come and give you some support and help on what to do. That is great. It is great. And so I think that... Um, if people are just saying, I don't know what one to be in, they're also, they also don't invest in fossil fuels or illegal weapons, the, the default funds now. So there's a whole lot of ways that they're good middle-level KiwiSaver funds to be in now. So I would recommend people look into the default funds. Um, should I give you a list of the providers that offer those? Or yeah, go on. Can, that they are BNZ uh, Booster. BT Funds, which is run, which is Westpac's KiwiSaver, KiwiWealth, Simplicity, and Superlife. Those are the six default providers. And so, if you want a sort of middle risk level KiwiSaver fund, those are a pretty good place to start these days, I think. Um, 
Finally, just if we've got a couple of minutes, um, children in KiwiSaver. Yeah, go on. Uh, yeah, they um, can, you can sign up anybody from from birth. They don't get any government or employer contribution until they're eighteen. But um, but the if if a parent has signed them up and they get a job, at you know part time job at sixteen or seventeen or, or, or so. Um, then the employer will contribute. Um, sorry, yes, it will be employer con- employee contribution. Sorry, sorry, Michael, get that right, Mary. Um, mm-hmm. You employee contributions will be taken out of their pay, and I think that's great because it gives them gets them started on the road to saving right from the very beginning. Some employers do give them money too, even though they don't have to until they're eighteen. A um, couple of other points about that for young people. One is I suggest if you're talking to your kids about it, they can learn a bit about investing in their team, teens looking at their KiwiSaver fund. Talk to them about using it to save for a first time rather than using it for retirement savings because that's just too far away for them. It's you know beyond their, their thinking really. Uh, but a first time could, could be something they could be thinking about. And the other point is once the young ones get to 18, then if they can get 1042 a year into their fund, well, then, uh, then the government will be putting in its 521 government contribution. Now, a lot of kids at 18 are studying or still at school or, or in, in some way doing an apprenticeship or something like that. In some way, they're not in a position to put much money into KiwiSaver themselves. That's when it would be really good for parents to put money in for them because then they're picking up the government money as well. Okay, Mary, before you go, can you give me a quick answer to this question from a listener who wants to know what happens to your KiwiSaver if you die before you turn 65 and you don't have a will? Is it a real hassle for the survivors, asks Peter. Yeah, no, your KiwiSaver just simply becomes part of your estate in exactly the same way as a savings account would. So, yes, look, it is a hassle Anybody dying without a will causes a hassle for the family. It definitely makes it harder. So it's a really good point. I would suggest that people are starting to get a bit of, you know, a fair amount of money in their KiwiSaver that they go ahead and write a will. It's not a big deal. And then it's done and everybody knows what's going to happen if you unfortunately die. Yeah. Thank you. Um, we'll send people again to your website, Getting a KiwiSaver Waff, which is under articles and audio at maryholm.com. Nice to have you on, as always, Mary. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jesse. Bye. Bye.